I'm watching the media, man, they full of lies. They so damn good at how they polarize. I'm so damn tired of this politicized society manifesting right before my eyes. Really shouldn't even be a surprise. We sit back while the pack of wolves colonize. Watching tours of celebrities apologize. Photo ops in a war torn paradise. Left or right to stoke the flame, whichever the way the wind blows, still in the game. In the insane asylum, the patients taking over. The head of the state is past the prime, I told ya. Let the white and the black sheep to the wolf stand. Offer the bone of bladder to the dragon. And then they'll do it again. We keep our head in the sand, it's never over. I'm in an open air world till they shut it down. We can have it all, I can see it now. Welcome, I'm your host, Sean D. James, and this is The Take Podcast, a member of the Royal Aquatic Network, where we cover the news that isn't considered popular or relevant enough in today's media landscape, and some things that are. Global news and topics from all continents. Yes, even Antarctica will be covered, ranging from environmental, culture and entertainment, politics, history, and economics. So with that being said, let's dive on in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Take Podcast. And I want to start things off by saying I hope everyone's holidays went well. Whatever holidays it is that you celebrate, or even if you don't, I hope the time off from work was good for you. Drama-free, relaxing, and nothing but positive energy. We're two weeks into the new year. So for those of you that do New Year's resolutions, I do hope those are going well. They're on track. Nothing has hit you with little derailment or anything like that. And you're still on goal. I will also have to say thank you, as always, to the talented artist that is Waterstyle, for the music that has contributed to this show, as well as our other show, Ion, Influence of Network. So if you're looking for music to take your show to the next level, hey, all the links are always down below. Hop on that wave and see what Waterstyle has to offer you. And now that we have the pleasantries out the way, let's get straight to this episode, because what you're here for. While at work recently, I wanted to change my audiobook, which I was listening to, Tongue Wars, by Scott D. Sigman, over to some more upbeat type of thing. You know, I needed some music. The book was going good, but I was like, oh man, I got call outs here. I ain't go to break yet. I need that energy boost. So I said, eh, let me go to the Spotify playlist I got set up real quick. And let me play some music from the High and Low movie franchise. If you haven't seen the movies High and Low, and you like martial arts, fighting movies, some something some action, but you also want to do subtitles, then by all means, go on Netflix and look at High and Low. 
for me, that, that put me on some Japanese music. So I was like, yo, time to get that playlist ready, time to get that Warriors anthem, Dream Boys, Ride or Die. I'm about to get, I'm about to get hype while I'm at work real quick. And the last recommendation I would say, if you want to look at the videos, watch Welcome to Tokyo. Just off the production value of that last video right there is, I was like, yo, they went hard as hell for this video. <laughs> But while switching to music, I noticed I had a notification from Coinbase, whose platform I haven't used in like like six to eight months. I believe the last time I used it within that time frame. And this notification wasn't about my holdings, no, but rather an article about El Salvador. Okay, I'm like El Salvador. I right, <laughs> this caught my attention simply because it involved citizenship. You know, I I look at citizenship when it comes to things. I'm like, yo, what's what what are we getting here? Is Coinbase talking about citizenship in South America? Ah, right, let's let's see what's up. Let's see what's up. El Salvador offers citizenship to those with $1 million USD in Bitcoin or Tether. What? <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. If I have $1 million in Bitcoin or Tether, you're offering citizenship. Uh, let, let, let's rewind that back right quick. Let me let me read the entire headline. El Salvador offers citizenship to those with one million dollars in Bitcoin or Tether, as its own Bitcoin bet pays off. That was the headline. That alone, I felt was worth my time to read. <laughs> Because I'm like, yo, citizenships, you see, like, hey, if you, you know, citizenship by investments, the programs lately have been, they've been kicking up lately, like, a couple 200,000, a couple 300,000, depending on where you're trying to go. There's been, some, there's been some fluctuations out there. But when you say a million off the bat, I'm like, okay, okay. I need a deep dive here. I need <laughs> I need to know what am I supposed to be getting here for one million in South America in the country of El Salvador. Educate me. Honestly, I forgot that it was El Salvador and not Argentina. Apologies to all the El Salvadorians out there. All the Salvadorians, apologies. But I honestly forgot that it was El Salvador and not Argentina who was trying to create a Bitcoin city. I'm a, I'm a plead ignorant here. And I'm going to say I just got the flags mixed up with the blue. 
the light blue, the dark blue. And that's what it was. That <laughs> I'm gonna honestly plead ignorance and say that's what it was. Cause I could have sworn it was Argentina who was doing that. The city is meant to be powered by thermal energy from a volcano in the eastern part of the country. So we're powering a city with thermal energy. Ah, that sounds cool. But when you say a Bitcoin city, I'm like... Bitcoin city, thermal energy. Oh... This way, we ain't got to worry about power regulations and stuff when it's time to do the mining. Okay. I can I can see where that million-dollar investment is about to start going. Okay. Let's, let me get a little more. Let me get a little more information here. So, it's meant to be funded by Volcano Bonds. Worth a total of $1 billion issued by the government and backed by Bitcoin. Sounds like a circle of life situation here. According to a report from Barron's, the current slash former president Bukel, who was running for re-election after recently stepping down from the presidency so that he could run again even though the country's constitution prevents consecutive terms. He, yeah, you're the president. You can't have a consecutive term. You say, I'm going to step down because I found a loophole that would allow me to actually have a second term, which would technically be consecutive, but not technically because I stepped down. My man playing games right now. I'll, I'll leave a link to that story from the Financial Times down below. But we're, we're going to focus on, on the whole crypto citizenship thing here. And apparently he had sought this initiative for the purpose of making it easier and cheaper for Salvadorians to receive remittance and provide financial services across the whole country. So that the 70% of the people with no bank accounts can have access. Um, you're providing financial services to 70% of the people who have no bank accounts? What? What's going on? What's going on in the country that 70% of people... Don't have bank accounts. I mean, is that, a, is that a case of we just don't trust the bank or is that something else? You want to see the U.S. economy go crazy? Let 70% of the population stop banking. Let 70% of any population stop banking. Literally just turn around and have their money go to check form. And like, I'm going to check cash in place. Any money they have that's in bills, they turn around and say, you know what? I'm not even paying my bills that way. I'm, I got a different method. I'm using an online bank or something. I'm not going to use a traditional bank. An economy 
would look crazy. If you thought what happened with that Sam Bankman free stuff and all the those runs on regional banks and all that stuff was crazy, let seventy percent of the population stop banking. Boy, they'll they'll be blaming that as on a, some new disease, some new strand of. Of COVID done turned around half people lose their minds and they don't know how to function with money anymore. And we got to help people. <laughs> I swear 70% of the population does not bank. Mm. Now, I went to the government website to look into this new visa program they have with this whole Bitcoin slash Tether investment. And I started with the Freedom Visa, as it's being called. That's that's not a bad little title there. Let me get let me look at the Freedom Visa. <laughs> but uh, it allows for one million dollar investment to cover you as a single or family. And, you know, people hear family, they think, okay, that family investment for citizenship is only going to cover me, my spouse, and what? How many kids are we talking? Um, there is no limit on how many kids you have. From what I've seen, it literally says $1 million investment to cover you as a single or family the family counts as you, spouse, and all children under the age of 18. How many kids you got? You trying to go back to like the 1910s, 1920s? Have like 13 kids? $1 million investment to cover, what, 14, 15 people? Uh, that $1 million sounds like, all right now, that, that sounds reasonable when you... When you have no cap on the amount of kids, that that to me is reasonable. I like that. The process is a six-week wait at the most. This is this is what they this is on their government website. The process is a six-week wait at the most. It has a pretty efficient way. Of applying from the instructions. I mean, six weeks sound pretty good. I mean, that's, that's not a bad wait time at all. And they really are trying to promote it hard by saying, hey, look, it's efficient. It's no problem. Just follow the instructions. It's so easy. So easy. You'll get it. Don't, don't worry about it. Okay, so the real question here is, what are the benefits of this CBI, Citizenship by Investment, for those who don't know what a CBI is? Besides the family aspect, the other thing would be having the ability to invest in citizenship via crypto. A passport with a rank of 35 out of 199 possible passports to have. Hmm. 
you're in the top 35 passports in the world. Okay. Okay. That's not bad. Visa-free entry into 81 countries. With the 27 of the EU countries a part of that list. Oh. So I could go to the any country in the European Union visa-free. Okay, okay. 66 of those countries with a visa required. 47 being visa on arrival or an e-visa. And four countries with special requirements. Those are four special requirement countries are Sri Lanka, South Korea, the Ivory Coast, who's currently hosting the African uh, tournament right now. I'm keeping it real. As a West Ham fan, I'm rooting for Ghana or Morocco. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm hoping for one of those two teams to win. At the Ivory Coast window. Gee! And the last country being the Seychelles. Which is such a lovely name. Like, I... I wouldn't mind visiting the Seychelles because that, that name just sounds, oh, it sounds just like I'm about to have a good time in the Seychelles. Like, where's that at? It don't matter. We just going. Pack a bag that's going to have like three three days worth of clothes. We're going to be going for a week. We can buy anything else we need while we out. Just get ready for this trip to the Seychelles. <laughs> I was curious, though, as to where my passport stood. As a, as a U.S. citizen, apparently, um, six out of the 199. Okay, I'm cool with that. I'm cool. <laughs> In the top 10. I'm cool being top 10. I'm cool with that. So this U.S. passport gets you... Visa-free entry to 116 countries. 24 countries require a visa for entry. 52 are visa on arrival or e-visa. And only six of them with special requirements. Three of the previous, minus South Korea. And instead, it's been replaced with Australia, New Zealand, and Pakistan. I was actually shocked to see that you would need a special requirement for Australia and New Zealand. That one, those two actually threw me off. Pakistan, look, I'm, I'm not surprised. I just thought Australia and New Zealand would be two who would say, yeah, we're kind of allies in business and stuff. So, yeah, you don't need a special requirement. Probably need a visa, you know, visa requirement. But no. no like, you know, I, I didn't think it would be like that. I think I would say a visa required, but special requirements? Mm. Make sure before you travel abroad, you know what you have to have. Have paperwork ready, people. With all this, I, um, 
I still feel that my money would be better spent applying for citizenship in other countries. Like, I, I get it. I get it. One million in Bitcoin a tether. You're getting citizenship. I feel it's more of a situation where if you're in that industry, you're in tech or something like that. You're looking to pioneer with the whole Bitcoin city. Yeah, then you're going to say, oh, no, I, I, I'll do this. I got no problem with it. For me, though, I feel as though that million dollars could be spent on two citizenship programs. Like citizenship by investment. Some residency programs and buying properties abroad. Like that million dollars can that million dollars is meant to be used abroad purposes, and not some pay whatever debt you have off here in the U.S. No, no, no. Literally, it's meant to be used for abroad only. I feel I could put that million dollars to better use than just going straight to El Salvador with it. But once again. That's me personally. I'm not in the crypto industry. I'm not in the tech industry. Now, if you are, then maybe this is something that's of benefit to you and your portfolio. If anything, I would point you in the direction of Nomad Capitalist for insight on your potential options. If you're looking to go abroad and maybe start a business Maybe just looking to add some passports or property to your portfolio. I would say look to them. I find the information to be really beneficial. And they are pretty consistent when it comes to uploading on YouTube. Let's just keep you up in the loop of citizenship around the world. All in all... I understand that the government of El Salvador, you know, they want to be pioneers by using crypto and providing people with an opportunity to be prosperous via technological innovations and become somewhat of a Silicon Valley of South America. A reputation that looks to be held by Colombia. Only time will tell how this turns out. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I really feel as though it is going, it's going to depend on what happens down in South America right now with the stuff going on over in countries like Ecuador, a story that I'm going to have put out. With Venezuela and Guyana. You know, it's... It's getting a little hectic down there. So, we'll see how things play out. All in all... A million dollars? Yeah. I'll, I'll be looking at three to five other different places. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll let you decide on that one. Let's head to this commercial and then get to our second story. 
You know, they say we have a housing shortage going on right now. Not just here in America, but all around the world. And they say the issue is shortages from labor to supplies to buyers. But one company has chosen to put themselves at the forefront of being a solution to that problem. And that company is Boxable. Boxable is a Las Vegas, Nevada-based company that specializes in prefab modular homes with a twist. And that twist is innovation. You see, they've taken the assembly line model and applied it to their 170,000 square foot factory. This has allowed them to develop the Casita. The Casita is Boxable's first modular design. This unit is a 375 square foot, 20 by 20, water, bug, and mold resistant, fire retardant, and high winds. Oh, it can withstand high winds. Full kitchen, full bathroom, and wheelchair accessible dwelling unit. Now, all that sounds good. But what makes it really stand out? You said they do an assembly line. Okay, cool. Okay. What makes it really stand out? Well, this is where the innovation comes into play. Because your 20 by 20 dwelling unit is foldable. And when I say foldable, I mean just that. It folds down to an eight and a half wide by 12 foot tall. Easy and efficient shipping unit. This is what innovation looks and sounds like. Not only that, but upon delivery, it can be set up and ready to go within an hour. Yes, an hour. No more of those, you know what, I think I want an attachment to the house. Maybe we should get an ADU. We could, we could use an additional dwelling unit. Make a little extra money with, you know, Airbnb, Verbo, or just put it all on. Hey, we have a housing unit available. Well, with Boxable, that's a possibility now. So, the question here is, what are you waiting for? Click the link in the description below and see what the future looks like for renters and home buyers alike. Because with a modular unit, prefab homes... <laughs> the possibilities are always endless. Hey, Sean here. I wanted to take this time to talk to you about a foundation that can use some assistance. The Welsh Rugby Academy is a foundation developed and ran by former Ugandan women's national team player, Miss Fortunate Iroconda. She's providing children an opportunity at a future with sports teamwork, and leadership development. But in the end, there's only so much one person can do on their own. So I'm asking you to take the time and click on the link in the description to the Wells Rugby Academy and join the likes of York Rugby League Football Club in England, the European Rugby League, and yours truly, and aiding communities with a brighter future. For more about potential sponsorship or even partnership, Ms. Iroconda's information will be below. Thank you for your time. And now back to the show. Uh, 
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Now, I want to focus on the second half of the show on gaming, specifically Web3 Gaming. And you best believe, yet another article on Coinbase caught my attention. This one was focused on the third person shooter that's an NFT esports game that pays out in none other than Bitcoin. Yep, Bitcoin. So, for those of you that's um, in your 30s like me, maybe a little bit older, maybe just maybe maybe mid 20s and you know, you have that parent that goes, you can't make money from gaming, you can't get paid from gaming. Well, uh <clears throat> I, I guess you didn't see the news when that kid won that Fortnite tournament, right? I, I guess we don't we don't know about people that be out here playing mobile games like League of Legends and entering tournaments making twenty five K. Hey, maybe it's four people in the tournament. You know, we on a team, we splitting that 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 twenty five K. Maybe it's fifty K. You know, that's just that's just domestically. Then we get to go world tournament. And we pulling that hundred k to half a million, maybe that million dollar prize. I'm just saying, they turn around and go, you can't get paid from gaming. Go, uh, no, you're wrong. All right, let me let me let me correct this real quick. Um, let me correct myself right quick. If you are still living at home and you're young, listen to this. Don't say that. If you are older. And Hispanic. Don't do it. I, I, I know that flip-flop is going to come for you. Don't do it. My, my co-worker showed me the video. This was, this was like three years ago. Showed me the video. I, I, had to, I had to go find it again. And I was like, yo, I got to put this in the show notes. Where the girl did something to the mother. She ran out the house. The mother's behind us. Somebody's filming. The girl has to be at least like three houses away. And the mother threw the flip-flop. The girl just happened to look back. Scream. And got hit in the head. She knew the shit was coming. And it caught her in the head. I'm like, yo, stop playing me. I'm like. I, I asked my coworker. I'm like, yo. He was like, bro, that's not fake. It's real. He said, you don't understand. And he's 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 Salvadorian. So I, I asked him his opinions on, on the previous story. And he was like, you know, things change down there. So, I mean, that's a lot of money, but things have changed down there. But him and every other Spanish person I work with, whether Puerto Rican, Mexican, Dominican, they all look and go, nah, bro, that, that flip-flop come out, bro. Like, that, that, yo, she take that off. Just don't move. Like you black, you you used to them turn around like pulling a belt on you or saying, Yeah, I'll brush you into this world, I'll take you out. That that flip flop come off, that says it all. I'ma put some videos just for the laugh purposes for y'all people in the show notes. Cause literally prior to recording, I I looked at some of these videos because I wanted to add some in the story and I was just like, Oh my god, I never seen these ones. Mm. Okay, let's just let's just get back to making this uh this money. Let's just get back to this money. 
So the game in question is called Farcana. Farcana had recently raised $10 million in a round of seed funding from venture capital firms like Polygon Ventures, Fenabushi Capital, and Rarestone Capital, amongst a host of other firms. Fenabushi Capital's investment director, Clarence Zhao, stated, We believe Farcana has the potential to be the next iconic blockchain game and continuously bring new users to Web3. That's a bold statement there. Whenever Web3 or blockchain game, like gaming in general, comes up, I think of Decentraland and the Sandbox platforms. Like I remember when they were doing concerts in Decentraland. I believe they're still doing them. But like, you would have gaming and everything. And I'm like, yo, this is this is like innovative for real. I, I like this. I like this. I mean, what was you had the game uh Axie Infinity Infinity? That's what it was Axie Infinity. During the pandemic, I believe it was during like twenty twenty one when that thing went crazy. I mean, people were on there just making money with crypto and gaming. And I was just like, damn, I'm not into gaming like that at this time. Like, I was like, I'm struggling to just get into this. Like, wait, what's what's going on? I'm like, this looks like a a pocket monster game. Like, I ain't saying it's a Pokemon knockoff. More than anything, maybe they about Digimon, like a, a Gigapet or something that's on a laptop, <laughs> like a gigapet. What what my Tamagotchi yet? <laughs> like that's how I was looking, but it was crazy to see how much money people was making during that year, going to twenty twenty two, and then everything just like went downhill. But just the thought of look how one year did for people with that. Now imagine you turn around and tell them, hey, you're going to pay them in Bitcoin and not just the crypto that's associated with your platform. Not just the crypto that's associated with your game. But the main crypto that most people know, if they don't know nothing about crypto, they know Bitcoin. And that's it. They don't know nothing about chatbots, but they know ChatGPT, but they don't know none of the other ones. It's just like, it's just that one dominant premier person who just said, hey, I was here first. Now, I'm keeping it real. The game looks great. <laughs> I can see its potential. But an issue that it has is its similarities to games like Overwatch and Valorant. Two games I've never played myself, but I've seen them, and I'm like, yo, dumb things is, there's some relevant games. Those look at people that cosplay at conventions, they're relevant as hell. And the other issue would be, you know, in an ever-growing free-to-play market, 
that continues to grow every year, it makes me wonder how how far is Farcana really going to go. With other games like Apex Legends, Rogue Company, and Fortnite, the thing that will help Farcana stand out aside from the in-game lore and gameplay mechanics is it being a Web3 blockchain game with a payout in both the form of crypto and NFTs. Now, I've played Roll Company. Fun. Apex Legends, loved it. Fortnite, I actually started getting back on Fortnite. But I'm not building. I don't do builds. <laughs> that ain't for me. Like when Fortnite first came out, I was like, nah, I'm not with the building. That, 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 I couldn't keep up with the building. Apex Legends came. What? I was loving that. Sliding down the mountain, shooting that blah, 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 blah. What? Apex Legends was it. Roll Company, I remember when it first dropped, and I was like, ah, it's a new game. This is an opportunity to get, get in on something before other people really get on it. And then it was at the time I saw falling off of gaming. Kind of made my brother mad because I got him right on it. And him and his boys was playing. Like, yeah, where you at? I was like, yeah, bro, my reaction time dropped. I, I can't play Call of Duty no more. I can't play Apex. I got to stop gaming for a while. I need to I need to get right because this is crazy. I can't, even, I can't even play with basic sensitivity levels. Now, I'm enjoying Fortnite again. Like, oh, my God, I'm... I'm having fun gaming. <laughs> but once again, if you tell me I'm getting paid in crypto and NFTs rather than the in-game currency like V-Bucks or having a stream and have people, you know, here's a tip, here's a donation, here's my subscribers. If I'm just getting paid off the rip from entering the tournaments online and playing a game, that... Well, that's that's appealing. Another major benefit and growth potential factor is that the team behind the game are based in the Mana region. And that's thanks to the Dubai Economy and Tourism Department because they were able to host a pre-alpha game at the Dubai Esports Festival back in June. Uh, for those who don't know, the MENA region, the M-E-N-A region, that's the Middle East and North Africa area. So, you're in Dubai. You done got the Economy and Tourism Department to help you host a pre-alpha game test at a esports festival? <laughs> okay, we're, we're, we're talking about a nice dominant region to be in like okay okay now they recently with the whole nft thing had did a minting process in which they turned around and was like hey we're giving out this nft and it's going to help be used for in-game purposes so this isn't just like Let's say, let's keep it real. You go on Fortnite, you're spending actual cash for the in-game money, which is V-Bucks, to buy skins, like the, the different costumes that you use. 
the different weapons in the game, the gliders and stuff. Well, this company just gave me a free skin for a pickaxe. Which people was already reselling. Yeah, they was already reselling the free item on OpenSea. And the floor price was two ETH. I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me, let me, let me. This is this is after I refreshed the page, cause I tried to join the list to see if I could get on it real quick, and it was, it was too late. I didn't qualify. When I initially saw it, the floor price was, well, for those who may not know. OpenSea is a platform in which you can turn around and buy and sell NFTs. It was one of the more popular ones during that whole NFT craze at the time, which is it's still a relevant website. But when they say floor price, that's like the the minimum that people are paying. Like that was the, the, the least anybody paid for an item. And the floor price was about 1.78. ETH, so 1.78 Ethereum is how much it costs for this NFT. When I refreshed the page, it was up to two. The most somebody trying to sell one was almost pushing five. You wanted five Ethereum tokens for that free shit. You what? <laughs> I was like, yo, people will try to hit that resale ASAP, but if you can turn around and get yourself. Onto all these airdrops and all these exclusives for platforms before they take off, especially if you turn around, you you get doubles of an item. I mean, imagine if something like Apex Legends had NFT drops. That would have them on another level, unlike Fortnite. Imagine if Fortnite started giving out. Once a week, NFT drops that could be used in game and exclusive. And and the surround said, "Hey, because you at times we might even give people random too." And then somebody tries to resell that item. It's like once we give them NFTs, they'll never be, we'll never do them again. So now, here you are looking like, "Hey, I don't really want this. I don't even like to look at this item, but I'm willing to sell it online." Hey, I'll sell it to you for six Ethereum tokens. Let's make a deal. I'll give you 4.5. 4.8. You got a deal. 4.7. 4.8. All right, fine. 4.8. Boom. Now that person has out here collecting all these tokens so they could turn around and buy these skins and then they go, hey, now I'm going to sell these items. These are collector's items with actual use in game. Because maybe these items that they're given are strong. Maybe they're actual boosters in game. Exclusives that nobody will ever have again. So I see the benefits of it. That that is that is very beneficial. Luckily, I was able to find an interview with the founder of Farcana. Because I was actually done with the story at this point. But then once I found the interview, I was like, oh perfect, this is good. I'll make sure to have that link added below as always. Always have your resources linked. 
But the comparison I made earlier, um, that was actually intentional. So when I said this game is going to be too similar to games like uh, Overwatch and Fortnite, Apex Legends, it's going to be too similar to them. It turns out it was intentional. I was like, oh, for him, it was a case of, hey, him and his boys grew up as gamers. You know, he grew up as gamer. So he grew up playing all these first person shooters, third person shooters. And he wanted a game that was similar to Overwatch and Fortnite, Call of Duty. He wanted he wanted that feel. Maybe even like I would say from what I've seen, it the old school games like Unreal Tournament back on PC and Xbox, the original big brick, <laughs> the black Xbox that came out back in the day. And that was his that was his intention. So for him, what I consider might be a disadvantage is actually an advantage to them. Because for him, it's a case of, hey, it's relevant. It's easier to draw them in. While some people might say, oh, man, I don't want another game like that. Hey, this one is paying you, though. And it's similar to these games. Now, you're looking and going, oh. All right, well, let me give it a try real quick. And if you go hard in it, well, damn, I guess I'm about to get paid. Hmm. As far as that payout ratio, for those of you that are like, yo, you keep saying they're paying Bitcoin, but are we talking about a whole Bitcoin, half a quarter? What are we talking about? So, from what I remember, it was the top 7 to 10% of the players in tournaments qualify for the prize pool of the whole Bitcoin. So, if we have a thousand people playing, all right, well, the top 10% does qualify for the prize pool. So, 100 people are splitting one Bitcoin. Uh, we just had a tournament, and only a few people actually registered in time, or there was a there was an issue. And let's say, let's say it was rolling blackouts going on here in North America. So only a few people actually got to manage. Like a hundred people was able to get into the tournament in time. And as a result, only the top ten are splitting that Bitcoin. That means the top 10 players out of that 100 are going to split one Bitcoin at its current price. So, uh, I mean, if, you, if you're if you a streamer, you like, you like them games, I mean, you like them shooters, I honestly would say check out Farcana. I have it downloaded already on my, <laughs> on my laptop, so I'm looking to play it. See how I can do on there. It's one of the reasons why I started playing Fortnite again because I just wanted to see how my reaction time is and make sure I could, I'm able to make some money in this tournament. Because if you're telling me ten thousand people are playing and the one thousand are going to split one Bitcoin, and let's say at the time Bitcoin's at fifty k, and a thousand of us are going to split that fifty k. 
I'm cool with that. I am so cool with that. Let those Satoshis add up. Let's get let's get let's, let's all those little fractional pieces of the Bitcoin Satoshis add up so you get a solid Bitcoin. Let Bitcoin price drop down again to to fifteen thousand. Okay, I'm cool with that because it's gonna rise eventually again after the, after everything takes place. I'm cool with it. Hold long term. But I'm going to end it there. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for tuning in to the Take Podcast with your host, Sean D. James. And once again, I just hope everybody's new year is going well. I hope it continues to go well. And let's make sure this, this year right here is a prosperous one. Very prosperous. So as I always say, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the day. You already know. Stay prosperous. Peace. Are you getting the feeling this war is infinite? It's on you, it's on me, it's on everything. But the ones in power, they never change a thing. It's your fault that the world burns every day. You pay the cost for the conflict on the screen. You ain't the boss, so you better pick a chosen team. The ship is sinking, but Hollywood keeps you entertained. So you don't question the reality behind the scenes. It's just a spell, and I hope it breaks. Like a fever on a summer day. I'm an optimist, it's never too late. It's looking pretty catastrophic, but we never sway. Or falter, an assault is clearly underway. It's a battle for your mind, like they always say. Living in these times, I can only pray. I can only pray. I'm in an open air world till they shut it down. You can have it all, I can see it now. Open air dreaming. I'm in that open air dream till they shut it down. But it's falling down